1: Welcome to the Danny Klinkscale Reasonably Irreverent Podcast. Insightful and witty commentary, probing interviews, and detours from the beaten path.
0: Welcome to Arts and Lifestyle Wednesday presented by Cinematic Visions and another edition of Danny and Tim's music scene. And I think I use the word eclectic about every time we have a Danny and Tim's music scene, but we sure have it going on again this time around. We've got everything from... Uh, political fallout to Spotify, to tribute bands, to hired guns in big-time acts, and the subject of a documentary, The Ventures, the old instrumental group that's the subject of another documentary we'll talk about. We'll talk about the year 1972 and some of the unbelievably seminal music that was made in that particular year. Also visit with you know, in the Spotify vein, the fact that we should be more attentive to our artists and spend money and do the things that we need to instead of just being convenient and uh, leaving a lot of musicians in a position where maybe they just have to give up their craft. Also look in on some super enthusiasm for music that manifested itself in my sister's demand that I go see a show of a certain artist. You'll hear that story as well. Uh, There's all kinds of things and all kinds of big names from John Fogarty to Stevie Wonder to Pink to uh, just about everybody you can think of in music, famous guitarists and everybody else. We got it all going on on Danny and Tim's music scene. It's Arts and Lifestyle Wednesday presented by Cinematic Visions, and we get it rolling with Tim Finn. Always a great conversation. It comes your way next.
1: More of Danny's Reasonably Irreverent podcast after this.
0: Cinematic Visions has been an affordable solution for professional media production in Kansas City since 2003, offering award-winning video production and creation, as well as a wide array of digital and social media management services. From planning, scripting, filming, editing, and post-production to delivering your product to a watching world, Cinematic Visions will provide professional and affordable services for you and your business with the necessary return on investment to make it all worthwhile. Cinematic Visions' goal is to unlock the power of storytelling through video and a strong online presence for your company. Beyond the numbers, they want to inspire and evoke your clients to feel and act. Let my friends at Cinematic Visions embed your brand where it belongs, in your customers' minds. You can find them online at cinematicvisions.com or with a quick phone call at 816-600-6300. Hey everybody, Joe Spiker, owner of Easton Roofing here. For almost 10 years, we've been a locally owned and operated family business. At Easton, we work on every job with one thing in mind, integrity matters. I grew up in central Kansas and was raised on the values of respecting hard work. We run our company every day on that value set. At Easton, we always make decisions based on the ethical, right thing for the customer. That's what integrity means to us. So if you have any questions about your roof, give me and my team a call. 913-257-5426, Easton Roofing, integrity matters. It's time to tell you about a great opportunity to improve your retirement outlook by using the outstanding services of 401k USA. What the experts at 401k USA bring to you is an overlay of your current 401k plan that manages it in a far more proactive and responsive way. Too many retirement plans can be restrictive, but 401k USA brings far more flexibility to your plan to capitalize on opportunities and avoid downturns. It's simple and easy to find out much more about all the details on taking a close look at what the friendly experts at 401k USA can do for you. You can create more retirement wealth and a richer lifestyle by visiting 401kusa.org today or by texting to 816-844-6236. That's 401kusa.org or text to 816-844-6236. To find out much more.
1: If you'd like to join these and other great sponsors and market your business to a growing and engaged audience, contact us at danny at Look forward to hearing from you.
0: Welcome back and every other week it is a distinct pleasure to get to talk with Tim Finn from 90.9 The Bridge in Kansas City Magazine, longtime fixture on the Kansas City music scene. And we're talking about a lot of things, uh, musical, political, in between. Uh, some recommendations for you, as we always have here. And let's uh, start off with a little hullabaloo that we've got going on. There's a reference to an old 60s musical TV show, by the way. Um,. Spotify is in the eye of the storm right now as uh, controversial conservative uh, talk show host Joe Rogan, who's wildly popular in some circles and wildly unpopular in others, of course. That's the way the world works now. Uh, has put Spotify in the spotlight because musicians have never been very happy with Spotify, and now they're even less happy because of Joe Rogan. Yes,
2: yeah, so the um, the catalyst was Neil Young, who last week came out and... Um, you know, said, "Hey, Spotify, it's either me or Joe Rogan. Um, either he goes or I go. Not not that Joe Rogan should never make a podcast, but like, you should take him off your platform. I don't want to share a platform with him, knowing what they were going to say. Because look, Neil Young, we all love Neil Young. He's popular. Um, I went and looked at some of his Spotify numbers. His streams combined probably approach, you know, a billion, which is." You know, even though he's only getting like a third of a penny for every string that, that adds up. Right. But currently, Joe Rogan, um, each episode of his, of his podcast has like 11 million listeners. So um, Spotify threw $100 million at him for this deal. Um, spot up, and he's going nowhere, <laughs> which is um, at least that seems to be where the situation is now. Spotify's trying to make some concessions. I read Joe Rogan came out and said, well, all right, I'll try to be a little more balanced. I'll bring in people whose views I disagree with. And um, he's, um, it sounds like he's making some concessions, but I guess that's, that's one side of it. I guess the larger side of it is what I'm hearing from musicians is like, well, what made you think Spotify was like benevolent anyway? Like what, have you not been following? Don't you know how little they pay people who make the music, who provide them the content. It's it's like half a cent to a third of a cent per stream, and um, you know the jokes were like, "Oh yeah, Neil Young is going to give up his, he won't be getting that thirty eight dollar and forty cent check every month or whatever," <laughs> you know. But um, which is not the case. I mean, he's he's made some change. He's it's, it's he's not sacrificing nothing, you know. Right. Um. So um. But anyway. So, the consequences of them. People are leaving Spotify. I don't know if it's in droves. The stock has taken a hit, but this has aroused the discussion of the value of music. What has happened to the value of music? People, because we don't really hold it anymore. We just go to a menu, pick a song we want, and and it, there it is. It's, it's at our disposal. We don't have to get up, go to a record store, buy it. You know, it's all there, and um it's just a conversation that I think needs to be addressed and reevaluated frequently because, you know, we've just become with technology so addicted to convenience and doing as little as we can to get what we want. It's just kind of what Spotify is. And, um, just here's what, there's whatever you want, you know, pretty much anybody and anybody, there aren't too many people now who, have not put their music up there. Cause it's like, well, I might as well. I mean, maybe I'll only get a thousand dollars a year, but you know what?
0: It's a thousand dollars a year.
2: That's a grand I wasn't getting last year. So yeah. Um, but the resentment is there and people are bitter, bitter about where this has gone since Napster. And, um, it's just a discussion, like I said, that I think we, we, we really need to have. And and if you are a devout music fan, like what this is arousing a lot of people is, you know what, this is right. I'm going to go to my my band's websites and buy music directly from them. I want the money to go to them. I want to feed them. Right. And how long that will last, who knows. But, you know what, this situation is awaiting. And and I know this has been talked about, it was funny, there were two rumors going around Saturday. Did Tom Brady really retire? And are Foo Fighters really leaving Spotify? And both are pretty significant, you know? And um, I'm... I don't think there's been any movement on Foo Fighters. They're probably, they got a record label that's, you know, there's <laughs> a little, we're going to have a lot to say about that, but um, if someone with that weight would move in, because so far, I've heard it's it's uh, Neil Young, Joni Mitchell, and Mills Lofgren, who was the guitar player for right. Springsteen. So, um, and there will be more. It's just who's, um, what's the next step, and, and um, what will the repercussions be, and will it's turn this discussion this debate back to the central issue which is it's so hard to be a successful musician and songwriter under great circumstances and now it's like um this is just a way for people like to kind of disregard the value of it like i will pay ten dollars a month for music but i'm not paying more than that which is you know that's greed and it's and it's laziness like um and I'm guilty of it. You know, I, I have a couple streaming services, but I do buy physical music, but not as much as I would otherwise. So right. it's just kind of a moment to, um, you know, to do some introspection and go, there's so much music, um, and it just doesn't come out of nowhere. It, it takes a lot of work to put on good music, a lot of talents, and a lot of commitment.
0: And I guess the only the only positive about this whole situation is that, bands not that they wouldn't anyway but maybe they prioritize it even more to make the money they have to get out on the road and play and you know that is that has become almost really the the only way to monetize what you do even if you're really really successful
2: right because well well yeah because the reason that is that way is because everyone's getting their music cheap like right you know so um I guess, but that's, but that, I mean, that's, that's the catch 22. Well, if I'm not making any money off the of music, I have to come up with a way to afford to go tour. Like, well, where's money going to come from? Your, your three part time jobs? I don't know. Right. It's, um, it's really rough. It's really, really rough because I know, I know bands in this town who, I know songwriters in this town were gifted as a lot of the um, major label songwriters and putting out records that are as good as, mid to big label um bands and um you know I remember talking to a guy who's in a band, The Grizzly Hand. I love that band. I adore that band. I recommend everyone listen to them. I'm like, Jimmy, you've, you've got all these really good records and there's like and he's in a he has to work, he's got a family, but he's like at the, at the end of the day, i just know I made all these great records. The fact that no one heard them, well, that kind of sucks. But you know what? I know I did it and I and I have a good feeling about how good they are. And I've gotten a lot of praise for them and, um, and acclaim for them had a lot of great shows and basically i guess that's that's got to be my level of satisfaction but it's because we know music isn't sports you can be the greatest at something and if, if it's if you're athletic you're gonna make money but if you're just um musically artistically inclined it doesn't mean you're going to be discovered and you could just be great and no one would know it
0: that's absolutely correct it is a shame and it just did it it, it. As you said, it, it should encourage people, if they are fans of, of bands, to either go to shows and then buy the physical, you know, discs mm-hmm. that they will sell at the shows and, and put money in their pocket. Right. Otherwise, you are not going to have these people around to go see. And uh, so yeah. and that kind of lends itself into this, uh, you know, the enthusiasm of... Uh, music fans, and which has manifested itself in the fact that uh, a week from Thursday, I will be going to see Beth Hart at the Uptown. She's a blues musician, been around for a while, often uh, collaborates with Joe Bonamassa, Mm -hmm. um, highly acclaimed, and my sister is a gigantic fan of hers, and my sister lives in Massachusetts and has always urged me to go see her, and for whatever reason, I just am, am not compelled to do so. Well, this time around, she was having none of it. She was going to, she said, you know, you are buying tickets to this show or else. You won't be my friend. You won't be my brother anymore. I'll send you mm-hmm. the money, whatever. I, I, I turned down the offer of her money, and I bought the I, I bought the mm-hmm. tickets to the show. And I, I, from what I've read now, it's I'm going to be excited to go, and I'm sure it'll be a great show. But I think that is an indication <laughs> a lot of times. You've probably seen her, you know, 20 times or something like that. That's just an indication of what music can bring to somebody and and the enthusiasm that they have for it and you know what people should make money out of that I mean <laughs> people should make a living out of that now she is obviously Beth Hart but uh, many people aren't
2: well right that's what you do you build you build a, a, a franchise a band you a brand you like I mean look at look at how how many stories are there of people like Springsteen, you know, and <laughs> once the momentum starts and, and then the right person hears it and it gets, he gets the right review in a certain, um, you know, newspaper or, or magazine and then somebody reads that and then it's like the momentum builds. And then it's like, then the world finds out about them or, you know, it, it, it becomes like, then you become like the fan going, well, I was there before you got really big. Um, mm-hmm there's resentment for the right. <laughs> crowd of the bandwagon is, but it's like, it doesn't matter. It's all about, um, it's all about that. I mean, I just read it. I should, I should find this. Maybe I'll, I'll find it and I'll read it later in this. But, um, um, Fran Lebowitz was talking about how everyone loves musicians because they remind them of the best parts of their lives. It's, I'm distilling her quote into right. like one sentence, but it's really great. And it's like, musicians and chefs like because all they do is bring us joy like mm-hmm. who's loved more than that and you know we love our athletes but after a weekend like i just went through so kind of <laughs> like uh i don't remember a musician disappointing me the way some athletes did this past weekend <laughs> like, um so there's that kind of glory but but she's right and, and in fact after a weekend like this a sports weekend you go to music and go i'm just gonna i need to hear I need to hear some Neil Young or Paul Simon.
0: (laughs) And Neil Young and Paul Simon, a big part of, uh, you know, 1972, now 50 years ago, of course. And uh, you were revisiting uh, the uh, anniversary of Paul Simon's initial solo record, which sort of sent you down uh, the exploratory uh, level of of checking out 1972, which just has a staggering list of amazing and iconic recordings.
2: My um, exploration of this year was brought on by um, the 50th anniversary of Paul Simon's first, well, his first real solo album, which is called Paul Simon. It's got all those great songs on it. And Julio down at schoolyard, yada, yada. Um, So, but then I was looking up other, um, what else came out that year? Because I knew Exile on Main Street did. (laughs) One of the greatest rock records ever. And then, so I found a list and i'm just scanning this list exile on main street the rise and fall of ziggy stardust talking book by stevie wonder harvest by neil young eat a peach by the almond brothers honky chateau by elton john Mm i'm close to the edge by yes can't buy a thrill by steely dan um lou reed's transformer which isn't for everybody but randy newman's sail away great record i mean it goes on pink moon by nick drake just this is a list of 109 right um saturate before using by jackson brown so um and i was like i was telling you before like we didn't even know how great it was i'm it was just like oh yeah this is this is what happens every year like <laughs> right there are there are just dozens of albums coming out every year that i will listen to for the rest of my life and it goes back to what we were saying before about the value of music it's not just the 10 it's what you're getting is more than just the 10 or 12 dollars or 20 dollars you spend it's like it is uh, this emotional connection it's remedial like uh, who doesn't listen to music for medicine right for to uh remind you of what matters the most and what's important And that if your team lost there's another year coming around the bend right um we'll try again next year but um you know still you got to get through the disappointments and and what does that better than music and and this year i like going down below, i think there's a jim croce record on here too but (laughs) right um all, all, all the stuff that I have in my collection, and all in one year, and um, yeah, this is this is what we're talking about. What, what is it worth to you? And um, I mean, this, just this list alone, one year is, is like amazing.
0: Right, you could go to a desert island with nineteen seventy two, and you'd be a happy music. Yeah, you would, happy. wouldn't have to. <laughs> You wouldn't, wouldn't be playing too many, you know, too many albums twice a month, even really. <laughs> right? Absolutely, positively. That's Tim Finn. We're talking music again. We got some documentary. Uh, well. One's a, a definite recommendation. One's sort of a half a recommendation. Uh, some other things to talk about as well. We always cover a lot of ground on Danny and Tim's music scene. It's part of the Arts and Lifestyle Wednesday presented by Cinematic Visions. And we continue next.
1: More of Danny's Reasonably Irreverent podcast after this.
0: Time to spend a few minutes with my good friend, Jeff Dillon from Dillon's Heating and Cooling. And, Jeff, what differentiates your company from others in the industry?
2: Plain and simple, we're honest. We have integrity, and we're going to do things right the first time. There's way too many companies out there that lie, cheat, hide things from the homeowner or customer, and we're not about that kind of funny sometimes I actually am so honest with some people it kind of surprises them but sometimes it's good for business sometimes it's bad for business but ultimately it's the kind of business that
0: I want to run is an honest one and that family way of treating things is part of your slogan and it's also part of one of your great features that you offer to customers our slogan is like family
2: our most popular maintenance plan is called the family plan it's very similar to a lot of ones out there. And the little tweak that we do to ours, 1% off for every two years, they have a
0: continued maintenance plan with us. If they have a maintenance plan for 10 years and we give them 5% off, no questions asked. You can find out more about Dillon's Heating and Cooling and all their great range of services at Dillon'sHeatingandCooling.com. That's Dillon's with an S. The phone number, 913-214-1343. We're here with Matt Llewellyn of the 23rd Street Brewery. And, Matt, we're here at the brewery. And what kind of exciting things are going on right now?
2: It's all kinds of exciting things. We always have KU basketball going on. That's always a great time. That'll happen hopefully well into April. And it's always a celebration when KU's playing because always, there's always a big party in here when that happens. But you know what? It's, ha- it's great every day. If you don't have time to sit down in the restaurant, call ahead. We'll get you a to-go order really quick. Almost our full menu is back. We're still suffering a little bit through these pandemic times, but everything's great at the brewery, and you can come in. We welcome everybody come in. You can wear a mask or not. It doesn't matter here, And but we just love for people to come out and try all of our great food, our great handcrafted beer. We've got great drinks, too, very underrated. Our bartenders do great things with drinks these days.
0: Absolutely. The food is fantastic. The portions are well, almost ridiculous, and everything is <laughs> yeah. great right here at the 23rd Street Brewery. It's here in Lawrence at 23rd and Castle. It's time for another timely chat with Dr. Brad Woodle from Advanced Sports and Family Chiropractic and Acupuncture, many locations around Kansas City. We're headed to the fall. It's time for the youngsters to get active, but the parents are always active too. That's right, Danny. It is
1: fall sports time. So no matter what sport is yours, we know that you want to play it at your best. And our job is to make sure you are feeling great, functioning great, but also performing optimally now and keeping you in the game.
0: And you do that in a variety of ways here.
1: We check out biomechanics, make sure everything is moving through chiropractic and our physiotherapies. And we also do some school physicals.
0: Absolutely. And of course, you have chiropractic, you have acupuncture, you have a full range of services.
1: As the name of our company is Advanced Sports and Family Chiropractic and Acupuncture. We can take care of about anything that deals with any of those items.
0: Advanced Sports and Family Chiropractic and Acupuncture. Learn more at ASFCA.com slash Danny. If you'd like to join these and other great sponsors and market your business to a growing and engaged audience, contact us at Danny at DannyClinkscale.com. Look forward to hearing from you. Welcome back, and I'm not going to say it was my dedication to this particular podcast, but yesterday I am home alone. My wife is away on business, and I I came back from doing some work, and I said to myself, you know, I'm I'm going to be taping the uh, the podcast with Tim tomorrow. Why don't I you know just hunker down and try to find a uh, a, a documentary that uh, I want to watch so we can talk about it and. I waded through, you know, we didn't even realize we had Amazon for a while because we're Prime members. So anyway, I'm wading through and they're like scads and scads of, of music documentaries. And nothing was really striking my fancy until I found one called Hired Gun from 2017. And I was excited to watch this documentary. I'm like, okay, this is going to be about musicians who are hired by big bands and or artists, but really aren't part of the band. And it's going to be like 20 feet from stardom or one of those things. And uh, it was kind of an odd mix. I'll say this. First of all, if you like heavy metal music or hard rock music, it's probably a better take for you because many of the musicians they talked to were uh, hard rock guitarists and then uh, and and very familiar bands, Alice Cooper, Nine Inch Nails, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But then the the documentary starts with archival uh, footage of Billy Joel speaking about how his band wasn't a bunch of hired guns. We were guys who grew up together. We're never going to be a separate. And the, the that was the sustaining narrative, which seemed odd because it was a complete juxtaposition to the other <laughs> music of. <laughs> uh, and these guys weren't hired guns, but then the story was really about how he ended up firing half of these guys. And, you know, and Liberty DeVito was highly, the drummer was highly uh, uh, featured in the movie. They have actually recently reconciled, but they didn't speak for a long, long time. If you don't like Billy Joel, you'll be happy about this documentary. He comes off like a complete jerk. Uh, <laughs> and, but, it, you know, it's one side of the story. But that was just, that was just, uh, so that part of the story sort of weaves its way through, which does seem strange because the rest of it is that all these, you know, bad dude guitarists from Steve Lukather, of course, was in Toto and is uh, famous, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe most famous for doing the lead on Billy Jean, um, and uh, or on uh, Beat It, rather. Um, and these guys are telling the story, and, and many of the stories were interesting about You know, people like Alice Cooper or Michael Jackson or Pink or whatever, who are gigantic artists. And then when they hit the road, they don't really have a band per se, sometimes, or they don't have enough of a band. So they hire these dudes and they come out and, you know, Steve Vai and all these real, you know, top of the line guys. And in many cases, it's okay. It's a cool gig, but you don't know when it's going to stop. In other cases, they don't get paid that great. So there was some interest in it, but it was kind of weirdly put together. But anyway, I would sort of recommend it, especially if you like harder rock music. But I became, again, a little more familiar with this because uh, in a span of a year, I went and saw Brian Ferry from Roxy Music a couple of times. Mm -hmm. And his saxophone player, who is an integral part of uh, the show's, is actually a music teacher at college still. And she goes out on the road with him whenever he does, mm-hmm. which isn't a tremendous amount. And it's another part of the music industry that I don't think people really get to know that much. Cause these see these guys in stadium shows and they're up on stage mm-hmm. and they're rocking out and maybe it's not even the greatest gig in the world.
2: That's so, um, yeah, there's so many layers to that. Like, We'll just you know go back to the Wrecking Crew and all those guys who were anonymously making some of the greatest Mm -hmm. records ever, or the Funk Brothers, you know, and Motown, and um, uh, just all those like incredible musicians who were in the studio. But when the band said to take it live, um, you know, it was a different story. And I guess I grew up with even Elton John had a you know D Johnstone right D Murray and um, Nigel. was that his name is drummer um you knew his band it was elton john but you knew his band springsteen was the same way um and so i mean it goes back to the beatles and the monkeys like you knew everyone in the band even you went (laughs) called them by their first names pretty much but yeah the solo artists you know it's a different story but i this even like i used to when i was buying vinyl Like i did as a kid and you read everything on the back and you knew even paul simon you knew who you knew names like willie weeks and steve gadd and you know just all the great musicians uh, like uh, the southern california with james taylor and jim Keltner and waddy watch and then the warren zeevon records all these names that you knew um but i didn't go to a lot of shows so I, i wasn't i wasn't exposed to who are you seeing live and who who matters the most and um um but yeah you think about it i mean this with all the country stars they're just bringing out session guys you know and right. um, unless you're george Strait who was ace in the whole band you know some of those guys have bands that have been around forever um together forever Garf does i'm pretty sure and woolly does willie nelson but um a lot of times it's just like who's the next hot guy i can get for half the price you know mm-hmm yeah. I remember I think Tim McGraw once he had a had a band together for a long time and then the industry changed everything changed and he like i am sure it was absolutely painful painful to him to do this but it's like I can't afford you guys anymore I'm just you know so like we're we're it's not like we're you know doing um rush or or Mozart here we're just we're just doing you know right. i can find guys to do it cheaper and um it is a it's a it's an interesting um like dilemma and who does because like, when you're seeing Katie Perry, you don't do you care who the guitar player is? I don't right. know it's all about her. but in other instances it you know it depends on what they're adding uh, they're all playing what they were supposed to play or told to play I get it but um it is um it is interesting there's a guy uh, I can't remember his name I know his first name is Matt from Kansas City was one of Rod Stewart's percussionists and I interviewed him a couple of times and I met him once. Right. He, um, younger guy, but he, um, he wouldn't talk about specifics, but he just said, well, how could I turn this down? Like this is the greatest moments of my life. And, um, and then, then he was gone. He was not there anymore. You know, the last right. couple of times Rod was in town. So yeah, it's, um, there's no contract signed. There's no guarantees.
0: Right. These, and, you know, Kenny Aronoff was on this. He played drums forever for John Cougar Mellencamp mm-hmm. or John Mellencamp, but John Mellencamp really doesn't have a band per se. And Kenny's one of the you know greatest session j- drummers. And a lot of these people right. make a lot of their money in, in sessions. But they did stress the fact that, you know, th- there's great expectations for them and they got to walk in and they got to know exactly what they're playing. The fans know the songs note by note. and -hmm. and and they're extremely versatile and talented musicians uh, in genres maybe you you like the genre maybe you don't so i can somewhat recommend that that's called hired gun it's from 2017 i watched it on amazon i'm sure you can get it at uh, various different places but i can highly recommend a different uh documentary which isn't nearly as technically good Uh, It is called Stars on Guitars, and it is the story of the Ventures, uh, the Mm. most successful, obviously, instrumental group in the history. And uh, ironically enough, Don Wilson, the founder and rhythm guitarist, which was the driving force behind that band, although they did have a great lead guitarist who took over from Don Wilson, he just died on January 22nd. Right. And his, his daughter did this documentary, and it's kind of a weird mashup of uh interviews that are shot looking like they're shot with an old polaroid (laughs) camera to be honest with you and then there's some funky animation and memes in it but it uh, but don wilson's fee and then they shoot the interviews in places that look like you know a comfort inn or something uh skunk baxter is in it a lot and he is of course famous guitarist who played on the aforementioned steely dan uh, album and uh, played the lead for Real and In the Years. He's has and now has worked for the CIA. It's a long story. Go Google it. <laughs> anyway, uh, he's prominently featured on that. And uh, so a, a lot of uh, really famous guitarists and people like John uh, Fogarty, who actually inducted the Ventures into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And They have some little factoids that pop up, like they outsold the Beatles two-to-one in Japan Mm -hmm. (laughs) during their time. They made 250 albums, and the joke from John Fogarty was, you know, some of us would like to sell 250 albums these days (laughs) to to actually sort of bring it full circle. It's really wildly entertaining, although somewhat amateurish, and uh, they're just a completely unique act in the pantheon of rock music, and a version of them featuring some family members, a couple original members, still plays to this day.
2: Yeah, um, they were a band that, I mean, there used to be instrumentals on the radio, you know, there yeah. was, um, and I remember that being on the radio, There's, which would be another point of discussion someday, but just how we don't have those anymore, but um that was the, um when I started to play guitar, which I haven't done for like twenty years so um <laughs> but I was able to figure that out and play that, you know.
0: Walk, don't run or what was that? Yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, yeah. And
2: um and then I ended up buying uh, I have a I have a double album of their stuff. You don't really need a double disc of their music, but um <laughs> no. it's it's really good stuff. It's really trend setting. It was really influential. Um a really a really strange coincidence. So yesterday was the birthday of Terry Kath, the guitar player for yes, Chicago. Right. Um it's a, an incredibly amazing guitar player like there's a doc on him you should watch yes. um his daughter did it it's it's just absolutely wonderful i listened to chicago five today which also came out in 1972 yes but i was looking up quotes um from him and he just he mentioned the ventures and the guitar playing right. on the ventures as, as being influential very influential to him um and if, i mean if he says it a lot of weight in those words because where he took guitar playing it was the one you know where he, he, he said <laughs> hendrix was mind-blowing and is like oh really right <laughs> well you should listen to your stuff <laughs> right um, um so yeah but the ventures are yeah they were there um you know but the whole surf guitar thing and um it, it was is great great stuff and it it endures it's so good
0: it is good, and for those who you know maybe aren't are saying, "What the hell are you talking about?" Walk, don't, Run is dun 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 dun. dun. Everybody mm-hmm. knows that, and and of course, maybe most familiar people is Hawaii Five O. That's uh, that's right. Ventures as well, but and then he did Christmas albums and everything else. But what was interesting from a guitar standpoint is the fact that people did really revere Don Wilson and his really powerful way of playing rhythm guitar, because when the mm-hmm. Ventures started, they didn't even have a drummer, so he was kind mm-hmm. of providing this propulsive force. Which was right. really strong with his rhythm guitar. Now, eventually, they found a very talented lead guitarist and uh, Google it. His name is escaping me now. Na- Nardi, I think, is his first name. And they always call him like uh, that. Uh, and so he s- uh, switched to strictly rhythm guitar, but it was his rhythm guitar that provided uh, the driving force for really an, an entire genre of music. It's a very cool and little bit weird and well done <laughs> homage to the ventures uh a completely unique uh uh force in the, in the history of popular music i would say
2: yeah it is i mean there's there's some novelty to it Yeah. probably they, they did it as well as anyone and um i don't i don't think we need more of it like just go right. back to that mm-hmm. um i mean there are, i'm sure there are people who could take that and go places that are really interesting but as far as mimicking that, it's like, no, they did it. Um, <laughs> close the book on that. This, this is all we need. But I, I still go back, or at least they show up, you know, in the um, playlist. And it's, um, it's just like three minutes of really, really, really good fun. Lots of energy and creativity. It's just, it's like um, irresistible.
0: And the documentary is called Stars on Guitars. We'll conclude with that. Well, But we'll actually conclude with a funny story. They were so popular in Japan that, you know, they would go over and tour every year or so and make a bunch of money. And, uh, but there were they were so popular that they had m- many tribute bands that would play in Japan. <laughs> and one time they played and their opening act was their own tribute band <laughs> who played all no. their all their songs nice. before they stepped on the stage. <laughs> that is crazy. Tim, always a pleasure talking music with you. We'll do it again in a couple of weeks. All the best, my man.
2: Sounds good. Thanks, Danny.
1: We hope you enjoyed the latest Danny Scale Reasonably Irreverent podcast. Come back soon for something fresh and new. This podcast was made possible by our great sponsors like Cinematic Visions, an affordable and award-winning solution for professional media production since 2003.